the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Spring Annual Forages. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Jerry Valeski, who's a Nebraska Extension Range and Forage Specialist based at the West Central Research and Extension Center. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Aaron. Well, Jerry, as we record this in early February, we look outside, there's a lot of snow on the ground, and we just had some bitter cold temperatures, but it really is not too early to begin thinking about planting spring annuals because really, for much of Nebraska, we can start that coming up next month. Yeah, that's right. Typically with these uh, spring annual or small grain cereals, um, you know, mid, in southern part of the state of Nebraska, uh, mid-March is is not of the question. We, we typically look for temperatures or soil temperatures, I say, at about the 42 to five, 45 degree range for, for these spring cereal grains. As we think about cereals, there's a lot of options for us that we can consider planting. Help us evaluate or think through those different options and where might there be application for that? Well, uh, for those, oats is probably the most uh, commonly grown here in Nebraska, but uh, we've done some things with things like a spring triticale or spring barley and found those to be, you know, just as uh, productive and have similar quality to oats. And so, you know, we're talking about being here in early February, you know, going out ahead and, and booking some seed may be a good idea right now. Talk through with us a little bit as we think about what should we think about in terms of needed nutrients in the soil, uh, thinking about seeding rates. What are some things to think through there? So certainly, uh, as far as the, the fertility requirements go, in, in most cases, and this would be, say, in a typical non-irrigated dryland field, having about 50 pounds of nitrogen would be typically needed to, to produce a good crop. And of course, that assumes that you're going to have at least some spring rainfall to uh, to go along with that. Un under irrigated uh, situations, and if we're growing some of these small grains, uh, you could even bump that up to the 60 to 75, 70 pounds of, of nitrogen. And, and that's a pretty common, but still in, in many cases, if you really want to be precise on what the nutrients uh, needs are going to be, it, it would be a good idea to do a soil test on that particular field. You talked about the different variety options. As we think about the options for harvesting this crop, let's talk about when would you expect to be able to graze the crop? When would you expect to hay it or chop it as silage? I know there can be some variability there with the different options. Just uh, share with us some thoughts around that. Sure. You know, with the typical uh, uh, mid to late March or even early April seeding date on, on any of these, um, you want to uh, wait till it gets to at least about a six or six to eight inches before you start to graze it. And so typically that would mean the third to fourth, fourth week of uh, May in most parts of Nebraska. And so um, that's kind of a, a date you should target if you're planning to graze. But if you're haying, typically that uh, most of these annual forages would be ready for haying around the third to fourth week of June. As I think about maturity and haying, how do we balance the quality quantity quandary? I mean, as you think about, we want to have good quality, but we also want to maximize quantity. How do we think about that? And what's a good target with that? Well, that's right. Um, and in most cases, uh, 
you know, the younger that plant is at harvest, the higher that quality is going to be. So I've heard sometimes people talking about harvesting, you know, while that plant is still in in the uh, what we call a boot stage. In other words, you're you're just about to the point where you're going to have the seed heads emerge. But you do sacrifice a little bit of yield if you're cutting that early. And so typically, in most cases, I'd like to see a, a late milk to even a soft dough stage at at harvest for 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 hay and still i've seen at that date you're going to have pretty respectable quality in the case of uh, crude protein uh, we've seen anywhere from eight to nine or even ten percent protein when cut at that stage what will we be looking at in terms of energy values for these forages if cut at that stage for for the tdn or energy values um probably in the mid 50s uh, I should say maybe give a range of 52 to 56, somewhere in there for TDN levels. So this would be quality hay that would that work well for a, a cow ration, might need a little bit of additional energy, but uh, would meet a cow's needs at that point. That's right. Yes, it it can uh, uh, can be pretty pretty good quality feed. And, and I said, like I said, uh, if you wanted to even go higher, particularly on the crude protein side, you could be cutting that at a bit of an earlier stage, such as a uh, late boot. What about mixes of these crops or even including something like a spring pea? Does that have any advantage? Yes. And in some cases, uh, and then, for example, if we specifically know that we want to be grazing this crop, one other option or mix that you could put in there is uh, species that you could put in there would be Italian ryegrass. And so Italian ryegrass is a uh, is more of an annual type of grass that's really fine stem, pretty long leaves. But the thing about the Italian ryegrass, um, it does regrow after grazing much better than any of these cereal, cereal grains. So in the case of uh, mixing it with oats, you might include uh, a bushel and a half or roughly 60 pounds of oats and then maybe 15 or so pounds of this Italian ryegrass. Uh, field peas are another option. And some I've seen this work for for uh, people quite well with the peas, which are a legume. You do see in, an enhancement or an increase in in the forage quality, and you do or are able to get some nitrogen fixation from the pea growing with that uh, spring cereal, small grain cereal. As we think about these different mixes, is there any advantage to a mix in terms of yield as compared to just going with straight oats or or straight triticale or straight barley? Uh, no, typically not. You have, uh, and, and with all of these, with the, the oats, triticale or barley, we've seen similar yields uh, when we've had them, compared them side by side over, over a number of years. And one of the things we do notice is that, of course, from year to year, there can be quite a bit of a difference in what kind of yields you see just based on the, the spring growing conditions. And that, that includes, of course, what kind of spring rainfall you're seeing, and also very importantly, the, the springtime temperatures. And also with these uh, spring cereals, there are a number of varieties out there that are that have been specifically selected for forage. So they're, they have traits such as, you know, a little bit later maturing, uh, very wide leaves or taller growing uh, plants. So it is most often, you know, worthwhile to specifically uh, look at the variety of the, of the uh, oats or barley or triticale that you're going to be purchasing. 
one of the other options for harvesting the crop that we haven't talked about is to chop it as silage. Just share with us maybe some advantages that might provide with a spring annual. Right. And and uh, if it works for, for uh, some people and if they do typically have haylage or silage in their operation, yeah, this these can work really well. You know, they do have a lot of moisture, um, you know, when harvested there around, you know, that third week of of uh, June. So there is a little bit of a, a dry down or they do or will need some wilting uh, to ensure proper ensiling. But in most cases, this can can be done or accomplished fairly easily. And, uh, you know, we just do want to target that, you know, 65 to 70 percent moisture level for our, our silage. Dr. Valeski, anything else on this topic as we think about utilizing a spring annual that producers might want to think through as we get pointed towards getting started with this in March? Well, I guess the only thing I might say is that, yes, uh, you know, March March will be here before we know it. You know, we've got a lot of snow in the ground, but (laughs) hopefully that's going to get melted off. We'll get to the dry enough conditions in our fields and the right soil temperatures. And so um, just to be ready to... uh, Get this, get these things planted. Uh, it, it is very important to have them at an early date, so you do have the best timing of, of growth with the cool weather for these uh, cool season annuals. Well, thanks again for joining me today. All right, thank you for having me. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, we have a lot of resources on this topic, including NEB guides, as well as videos and other additional articles.